Cicely Maria Goose here with another installment of Astrology with Cicely. And today we are hitting, we are hitting on Venus in the 12 houses. And everybody knows Venus is that planet of love, aka the love doctor. But it plays a crucial part in passion and drive as well. And Venus can also play a part in the way we look at money. It's a really big deal. And it's funny that we have two planets that help with that action. You have Moon and Venus conjunctions as well as Mars and Venus conjunctions. And they cause some really cool little pieces of nuggets of information. Hmm. And I want to start with a little passage from Jane Struthers' Write Your Own Horoscope. And it says, astrology and love. Of all areas of life, relationships can leave us feeling the most vulnerable because they are where we open up emotionally and form a strong bond with others. However, if you want to be a successful astrologer, you must realize that your own style of loving isn't the only game in town. We all have our own sets of needs, depending on our horoscope. So what's good for us may not be good for a prospective partner. Some people put themselves on the line, becoming so dependent on the special person in their life that they feel like they're at their mercy. And when it comes to intimate relationships involving romantic love and sex, we bear all in more ways than one. (laughs) We can feel powerless and vulnerable, relying on our beloved to treat us us kindly. If they reject us, we collapse, thinking that we can't survive without them. However, not everyone shares these feelings. Some people are much more self-reliant and resilient, happy to have someone special in their life without being utterly dependent on them. And some might even prefer to be alone because they're just happier that way. Maybe they don't need other people all that much. Or perhaps feel that the best way to avoid the emotional risk involved in forming, it's best to avoid the emotional risk involved in forming close relationships. Hello, Ra. How you doing today? We're just doing a quick dive into... Venus in the 12 houses and how it affects our love life. And I'm reading a passage from Write Your Own Horoscope by Jane Struthers. And the book goes further on to say, looking at love and sex. In this chapter, we're looking at four placements that have big influence on our emotional lives, our capacities to give and receive love, and our desire for sex. Venus and Mars are intricately bound up with love and sex, respectively. And they can't be ignored. But they aren't the whole story. Uranus adds sparkle and electricity. The magical snap, crackle, and pop that you feel when you meet someone who makes you light up. And it also governs our need for independence and detachment. Neptune is all about romance and our urge to merge with another. Which can be wonderfully which can be a wonderfully spiritual experience, or it can mean we lose our identity and become drawn into a complete symbiotic relationship that doesn't do us any good. 
As you will discover, Uranus and Neptune operate slightly different from Venus and Mars because they are generational planets rather than personal ones. Even so, an aspect between Venus and or Mars and Uranus and or Neptune will, start, will still have a big impact on the way you experience love and sex. And that goes for what kind, what goes for your partner too. When you're, so when you're finished analyzing your chart, why not look at theirs? And it goes further to say, your Venus sign and your style of love. You want to know about your particular style of loving and what you yearn for romantically? Venus, the planet of love, will tell you. The first step is to consult your birth chart to see which sign Venus occupied when you were born. The sec and the second is to use the information in this book to help you understand how to express your love and affection and what sort of partner you're looking for. It's invaluable knowledge. So I'll use myself as an example. I tend to do that a lot. Hello. Hello. Uh, and hello, Ra. I see you down there. I know uh, Cicely said hello to you earlier. Just saying what's up. I'm going to listen for a moment before I start chiming my big mouth in. Mm, I'm just going to do a quick reading of my Venus line and what it means. Tybalt? Is that Tybalt or Tybalt? I think it's Tybalt. Hello, how are you this evening? Oh, he disappeared. <laughs> well, my Venus is in Aries and it says you need passion, excitement, and the thrill of the chase. A new conquest if things get boring. Ideal partner, romantic, sexy, loving, Knowing how, knows how to keep you interested and flattered. And I have to control my tendency to put myself emotionally, put myself first emotionally and idealism. What's up? Um, I just uh, did another run of um, my technical news readings today. And I'm just... Uh, I'm ready to jam. I do have a um, a phone call with um, Katya Davidova, the author of uh, Joy in Plain Sight, um, in an hour and nine minutes. So at 6.30 our time here. Okay. I was going to do a shorter show today anyway because I just wanted to go through Venus and its houses and what it means. Yeah. And if I'm not mistaken, I remember you to be a Leo Venus. I um, I don't retain such information, so you would know better than I. Hmm. Interesting. <laughs> so it says you need to be appreciated and admired, to let your love flow freely, to show your support and loyalty. The ideal partner is someone you can be proud of, loving, passionate, encouraging, and a good audience. The control, the need to control is your bossiness need for drama and to be center staged. Center staged? Mm-hmm. Be at the center of the attention. Hmm. Okay. Now, the book goes on further to say Venus in the 12 houses. Your Venus not only falls in 
Your Venus not only falls in one of the 12 houses, 12 signs of the zodiac, but also in one of the 12 houses. As you will see from your birth chart, the house that your Venus occupies describes the areas of life that you love, as well as good places to meet a partner. And I cannot remember what house your Venus is in, so I use mine as an example. I'm Venus in the 12th house. Emphasis on... Mine, my, my Venus is in the 8th uh, house? Or, I don't know, eighth. Maybe 10th? Maybe I have no idea. You, we have the tools in the toolbar to go back and look. All right, let me, let me mount up and look. Let's see here. Look it up. The world must know. Hello. Emphasis on. This is Aries in the 12th house. The Aries Venus in the 12th house. Emphasis on doing your best to be liked. Keeping emotional secrets. Having time to yourself. So am I going to use CoStar hmm? for this? or um, You can use or... AstroSeed. Okay, I'll use that. I'm mad at how I just told on myself on live air and you didn't even hear it. <laughs> uh, what do you mean? It says emphasis. Yes, emphasis on doing your best to be liked, keeping emotional secrets, having some time for yourself. Well, I heard that. I, what am I supposed to comment on everything? See, this is why you get on my nerves. Okay, the potential pitfalls. Secretly wanting to be loved and admired. Feeling guilty about satisfying your emotional needs. I do get that. That's the one. That's something I've been working through for a minute. In places to meet a partner through a charity or while doing volunteer work or while working in a hospital or care home. That's raggedy as hell. But all I do is damn work. Hmm. Aspects of Venus. Venus isn't just a specific sign and house in your chart. It probably also makes one or more aspects to other planets. Although in some charts, it won't. Remember, aspects are formed when planets are separated by a specific number of degrees. See page 24 through 25 to ask. Oh, see page 24 to 25. Each aspect has an allowable orb because the two planets involved aren't always the exact number of degrees apart. Here's what we mean. Here's what it means when your Venus forms an aspect to another planet. Okay, so we have conjunction. About my, about my Venus, okay? Mm -hmm. so that's that's rude. Talk about other people's Venus. Uh, it's more rude to talk about Uranus. Especially in public. Make sure you're wiping Uranus, guys. <laughs> so what house is your Venus in? I'm going to look here. Um, I don't know which one of these signs means that. What do you mean? Well, let's take a look. Hold on. Oh, right. Now I can look at it. 
Okay. Venus looks like the lady symbol. So let's go to ascendant interpretation. You're a Pisces ascendant? That's interesting. I think we went over that before. Mm-hmm. I think we, we established mm. that at some point in time. Yep. Venus and Leo and in the sixth house. Sixth house. Mm-hmm. Emphasis on looking after others, ensuring your working conditions are enjoyable and attractive, getting it on with colleagues, potential pitfalls, putting yourself second too often, struggling to cope with people you don't like, places to meet a partner at work, at the doctors, or alternative practitioners. But you want to know something funny? The aspect is the 6th to the 12th house. So I'm going to meet somebody doing volunteer work at a hospital or care home. And you're going to meet somebody at the doctor's or an alternative practitioner. No. I'm going to meet them at the bookstore. Because that's where you always are. Yes. And let me see where yours is aspected to. You have Venus square moon. Okay. The moon's influence on your Venus aspect is loving, affectionate, a need for love and consideration, a need to express emotions, and being generous. So that's pretty sweet. Uh, What? And that's pretty so sweet, sweet because loving, affectionate, you just need to be considered. You yeah. need someone just as generous as you. Well, at this point in time, I need nothing. Mm, that's how you get everything. Oh, you're a Cancer Mars too. Me too, by the way. So, I mean, you get so excited about this. Like, I mean, I have no idea what that means. (laughs) You're like, oh, Cancer Mars, too. I mean, I I mean. Okay, I will read the quick description of Mars and Cancer. People with Mars and Cancer are emotional and and very moody. Sometimes they can take their time to decide which goal they want to achieve. Direct and full of energy and uncomplicated Mars is not too happy in the energy of cancer that is full of complicated emotions. These people want to express express their wishes, but not at the expense of exposure to uncertainty and embarrassment. Consequently, they often fail to express their desires and fears clearly enough, and others frequently do not know what, what they exactly want. As a result, neither partner knows what the other wants. People with Mars and Cancer have the ability to penetrate into the most hidden and secretive areas of other people's soul. That sounds very erotic. Mm, it's Mars. Everything about Mars and Venus together is pretty damn erotic. In this description in this book, right, Mars because is the they're both aggressive, right? Because Mars mm-hmm. is, is, is warlike and Venus is sexual or sensual. Right. But Mars is the planet of sex and desire, and Venus is the planet of pleasure and desire. Interesting. Mars also governs motivation, drive, aggression, 
So the sign in the house of Mars in your chart and any aspects that it receives from any other planets or angles describes how you go about getting things you want in life. Here we're looking at your partner. So since we're both Mars and Cancer, I'm going to read that one. Yeah. It says, you want someone you can trust, a happy, stable domestic life, things to always remain the same. How you get what you want by approaching situations and problems from an angle rather than directly. Your warmth of your per- the warmth of your personality. What turns you on? Focus on your breast sensuous foods being slowly seduced. Control your nervous energy and grumpiness and a tendency to criticize as a tendency to react to criticism as a personal attack. Ooh, that's me. That might not be you, but that's me. Like, how dare okay. you? Hmm. Okay. And then you have Mars in the fourth house. You have Mars in a very home, in homey place. Cancer is at home in the fourth house. Emphasis on channeling your energy into your home and family, wanting a safe domestic environment. Potential pitfalls, going on the defensive at the first sign of trouble, starting a row so you can, starting a row so you can let a row. all the steam, the, the, a row. Means, row means like a big, like a lot of noise. Like a, so, oh, set, so you be so, raising hell. So setting it off. So why am I starting a row? To um, let off steam. Oh, yeah, I mean, I do that every once in a while. Okay, I got to admit that. Raising hell just to get out for it. You know what? I know what it is. That's why you start martial arts and kicking shit. Or well, or why I'm, I am a singer for a death metal band. That too. Places to meet a partner in a DIY store or at an estate agent's. What? Oh, an estate agency. So you're going to meet somebody at the own. Um, over there getting your house. Yeah. You're going to buy a house and meet somebody. They're cool. Oh, but you got a conjunction and a sextile. The first one is... Why well, it sounds like you're flipping pages. Because I'm reading the book. Oh. I flip through and use what, a book. What, book it's... What, what book are you looking at? This is Write Your Own Horoscope by James Struthers. I wonder if they have it here. They may. It's a pretty decent beginner's guide. So what's it called again? Write Your Own Horoscope by James Struthers. Write Your Own Horoscope. Okay. I'm going to have to take a look and see if I find uh, that compelling title. Mm -hmm. All right. Now, the aspects of Mars in sexuality. Any angle or planet that is contacted natally by your Mars will be influenced by it and vice versa. This can emphasize the energy of your Mars or dilute it, depending on the nature of contact. So you have a sextile to Mercury. And the influence is a lively way of communicating, quick-witted, very direct, can be sarcastic and irritable. I can see that. Well, I'm definitely. You have absolute... 
I'm definitely irritable. And I use my, and, and when I'm irritable, I get I get sarcastic. Oh, I've and noticed. I say and I say wildly inappropriate things. Yep, I've noticed that too. And I don't quick really care. Quick witted communication. That's that. Um. That's that Cancer Mars. Okay, so who is that author again? Oh, what's the name of the book? It is Write Your Own Horoscope. Write Your Jane. Own Horoscope. Okay, because mm -hmm. I'm, I'm right at that section. So let's see where all, where all that stuff is. It was a pretty affordable book when I got it. So. Okay. I think it was, like t it was somewhere between 10 and $12, but it's been pretty instrumental in this series. Mm. Now I'm going to go tell on myself again. I'm Cancer Mars, but I'm in a different house. You're in the fourth house. I'm in the third house. I'm like right before you. Ooh, emphasis on sticking up for siblings, winning arguments, and always being on go. Ooh, potential pitfalls, sarcastic and defensive, no, diversive comments that hurt others' feelings. Device, divisive, divisive. Divisive. No, it's an R in there. Really? D-E-R. Derisive. Oh, derisive. Uh, yes, yes. So, it's wait, wait. small print. So, what is this about you? This is my Cancer Mars in the 12th house, in the third house. Mm. We have the same placement, just in different houses. I'm one house before you. Okay. I have, I have quelled my... Thing about winning arguments. I still, I'm always on the go though. Like I made the joke because Megan Thee Stallion got a, a verse and she said, I ain't no hoe but I do be on go and I promise my niggas gonna love me the same. I've loved that song since I heard it and then I was like, oh, cancer third house. Learn to slow down, girl. too many outside interests as well like I feel myself always drawn to doing something new all the time or going and running and doing this and running that it's like mm. uh, sit still and then I feel like I'm going to die if I literally sit still mm. okay. like that was the die. hardest I don't die. I've actually sat down for a month or so, and I'm just like, huh, I guess it doesn't kill me to sit still. No, it doesn't. But I'm forever working on so many things. Oh. They just called me the fuck out because my Mars is aspected by Venus. And it goes on to say, sparky, sexy, Feisty, enjoy sparring or arguing with a partner, then passionately making up. Lively sex life. I don't think that's funny. Hmm. <laughs> I don't think it's funny. But it it is strengthened by the fact that my Venus is in Aries as well. Hmm. So I'm a hellraiser, and then I want to hug after. Sounds like you want to do more than hug. Hey, you know the vibe. I'm trying to keep it as PG as possible. Because I did want to do a show called Uranus and Kink, but I think I'll save that for a later date. Yeah, I'm not going to do that. 
because within houses, I'm pretty sure somebody listening on that would be like, oh my God, I can't see y'all. What are y'all talking about? <laughs> what y'all got going on? Hey, Hi, what's Charlie? up? Ch- Charlie's back. Hey, Charlie. <laughs> Charlie, what's Charlie, listen to some, some numerology. Yeah, a little bit of astrology. But the aspect of Mars, it's really funny that we're both Cancer Mars, but we're just one house apart and they're aspected by different things. Yours is aspected by Mercury and mine is aspected by now, Venus. Now what does this aspected mean? Like what, what what does that do? It you know how when you look at a mag, look through a magnifying glass and you can see the light being focused down through the magnifying glass? Okay, so yeah, and if you focused it a certain way, you could burn holes and stuff if it's like sunlight. Yes. Okay. Basically, with the sextile, it's a 60 degree angle and it's easy going. So mm-hmm. it's like a, a perfect mm-hmm. focus of light into it. So your Mars and Mercury are perfectly focused together. I'm just perfectly focused in general. Mm, that's how you feel. You know what? With that triple that triple Virgo, and then you also being a Virgo Mercury, you pretty much are focused. I'm focused and locked. Get off my jock. We used to clown. You knock me down, but da 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 back mm-hmm. at the side Here we so, go. The scream on metal. I only saw a a, a a small little sidebar of like the. The astrology and numerology books all clustered together. Hold on, let me ask this gentleman. Excuse me, sir. Besides that little shelf over there, are there any other numerology and astrology books and things yeah, like that? Yeah, back right-hand corner, self-transformation section. It's got a whole section for astrology. Thank you, sir. Self-transformation. I like that name better. Yeah. All right. Okay, well, now there's one more thing. Self-transformation, huh? Self-transformation. But another key factor that a lot of people forget about Mars and Venus is they play one of the biggest parts in how we get money. And it's a very big money piece because my Venus is in Aries. And it says your attitude towards money carefree, easy come, easy go, impulsive, generous, and self-centered. Why you spend it? Looking for excitement, boredom, spur of the moment, or to set a new trend. I think that's hilarious. Mm, and then... Hmm? So you think that's hilarious? I do, because... I set a trend without knowing it sometimes. They're like, why would you do that? And I'm like, I thought it was fun. Be more careful. I am maybe later on a later date. Hmm. I'm not making any promises. Oh, you being this. Oh, yes. Let me read the passage first. Your Venus sign and your financial attitude. What do you enjoy spending money on? Books. Your Venus, we know your Venus sign will give you some clues, whether it's describing your attitude to money or the emotional reasons behind some of your purchases. And you are this Leo Venus, 
You love splashing it around in dramatic ways, self-indulgent and lavish. Why you spend it? You simply can't resist. You need to look at it and have standards to maintain. <laughs> Wait, what? I need to do what with standards to maintain? <laughs> it doesn't sound like you. You simply can't resist. You need to look good and you have standards to maintain. Well, I mean, maybe not by the standards of other people, but I definitely enjoy the fact that I usually dress like a supervillain, so. Yeah. <laughs> and it made like the, sense. Or at least like the henchman of a supervillain. Right. The all black attire, the good heavy boots. You make an investment in the way you look, but not for other people, just to fulfill your own fantasy. That's what tickled me. That's right. Mm, Venus in the 12 houses. The house occupied by your Venus describes the area of life that you give that gives you pleasure or are rewarding for other reasons. You are a let's look at it. I have it pulled up. Venus in the sixth house. Mm. So what you spend your money on small, delicate, small and delicate items, your health. Making your life run smoothly and pets if you have them. So you spend money to make your life a little bit easier. I suppose that could be uh, interpreted that way. I mean, I, everything I do is so that I can make things more efficient, yeah. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm Venus in the 12th house. What I spend my money on is perfumes, aromatherapy oils, creative and artistic pursuits, and the cinema. Yeah, I do splurge a little bit when it comes to making candles and scents and digging through all of that stuff. I love a good essential oil. Yes. Or an essential oil bath. Those are great. Hmm. I will say you have Venus in conjunction, which is a wider set angle to Saturn. And it denotes careful with spending money, can prefer, can prefer to save more than spend, and may marry for money. That's interesting. Hmm. So... So what, what, is that about you? That's about you, Venus in the sixth house, uh -huh. but you're in conjunction with Saturn. So that's a harmonious aspect, right? Okay. And it says you're careful with money, can prefer to save more than you spend, and you may marry for money. I think that's, that's pretty, that's pretty mm, interesting. Well, I mean, I would, but it wouldn't just be for the money. It would be because I feel like, you know, I deserve a break every once in a while. If I'm going to marry somebody. It can't be some po-ass, broke-ass. You know, <laughs> I ain't saying that she's a broke nigga. Maybe. I'm, I ain't saying she is. Yeah, but I ain't, yeah, whatever Kanye said. See, I got it all backwards because I haven't slept that much. Right. 
She take my money yeah. when I'm in need. <laughs> yeah, she's a trifling friend indeed. Joe, oh, she's a gold digger. Jamie Foxx sung the hell out of that, huh? He did. That was one of my favorites. I, have to, I hear that song every night at the, the bar that I work at. Yeah, I, I bet, because that's a classic. They still play it all the time. Yep. Oh, okay. So, my... Get down, girl. Go ahead. Get down. On your knees. I was like, wait. Hearing that song growing up, I was like, okay, what is he saying? Then I heard it as an adult in the club, and I was like, he said, get down on your knees. Oh, my Lord. If you don't properly compensate that lady with more than just a drink. Oh. Yeah, I mean, I suppose so. All right. Well, I can't say that because a lot of people don't even, you don't even have to buy them a Happy Meal these days. They'll just be happy to have it. I mean, the stuff that I see at the bars at nighttime, I am really shocked at the, the paltry standards. Not a bandied about in this world. Mm-hmm. Cause let me tell you, been there, worked. In I mean, all you have to do is have a. All you have to do is have a car, and a plate, and, and a house. You might just, not that, even just, need that. Just the basics. No, 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 need... no, I'm serious. That's it. They don't want. It. They don't need quality. You want to talk about marrying for money? These people are just going out there to get free drinks. That's all that matters mm-hmm. to them. Wow. I'm glad I gave up the alcohol because that's not it for me. Yeah, I myself do not drink. So, that mm. we share. Well, I gave up all of that because it, it just started to be a, a mess. Oh, mm-hmm. I would like to. It is a mess. It's a big Venus mess. aspects. It is a big mess, but I cannot talk because I am the big mess. My Venus is in total conjunct with Jupiter. And it says a huge urge to splurge, generous, extravagant, fun-loving, and you adore travel. I can't, I cannot lie. I cannot tell a lie. I will cut up on a vacation. Like, I've been making the joke about trying to have a vacation day forever. And you're like, oh, so what's your favorite, what's your favorite color? I don't give a damn about your favorite color. You want to meet up in Barbados or no? Yeah, you know, like all that stuff. Like, you know, it's so funny how, like, so, like a lot of dating apps and things like that still have, like, these stupid questions that they ask. Like, you know, I like going on long walks. And it's like, come on. Let's, let's go on walking in in, in uh, you know in a foreign Fiji country. or something like that. Right, right. And people say that's a dangerous attitude to have. But what I really feel like it's dangerous is sitting up here wasting my time asking these mundane ass questions that I can figure out by sitting around you. You mm. know? Yeah. Yes. Exactly. I don't want to sit up here with no mundane-ass question. Like, oh, so where'd you go to college? I figured that out when I see a degree on your wall. (laughs) Mm Mm-hmm. Or just, I mean, it's like people can't talk to each other. I I mean, 
speed dating anyone? I don't do well in speed dating. My aspy brain will get me in trouble every time because I'm I'm asking some dumbass questions or answering these dumbass questions in some very random ways. Like, well, I, I mean, that's great. I mean, look, that's what speed dating's for. You can't, you maybe you don't have time to put up a front unless you're well practiced. Yeah. I don't want to be. Not I don't nice. want to get with nobody where there's a front. You know, where it's like. You know, you know the first on, three to six it. months. That was actually some dating advice I was told young. They were like, "Put your best foot forward and never let them know you're crazy." And I have completely disobeyed that dating Good, advice my that's, entire life. That's what's supposed to be like. You're not supposed to put a best foot forward. It's the stupidest thing I ever heard. It turns into to wild crap. It's one of the reasons why people um, get this idea that like. In relationships, people stop to appreciate. They're like, "Oh, you liked me in the beginning for this." No, it's, that's not what it was. You, you were putting on a front, and now you're completely different. Right. That's well, one of happens. the one of the things I have been told in dating, it started out as, "Oh, you're so intelligent. I love how quick you can think on your feet." Then it becomes, "Bitch, you got a smart ass mouth." I thought you loved my smart ass mouth. You know. Right. Or you're like too opinionated or something. Right? Oh yeah, I get that one too. Or intimidating because I won't just bow down and lay down and let somebody walk all over me. Right. Always getting in trouble about that shit. But I do have. What was I reading? Aspected to Jupiter, her huge urge to splurge, extravagant, fun-loving, and I adore travel. And that affects how I enjoy money. The Pluto also plays a heavy significance in money. So it's like Venus, Mars, and Pluto play a huge okay, but part in money. Hmm? Now let's take a look at this stuff. Remember... Something people should be reminded of, right, is that these things don't actually make it so that these are not predictions or set in stone, right? Oh, yes. Not set in stone at all. This is they're like kind of like forecast. Right. And they're kind of just like a guideline of maybe maybe it's th th these things might be the paths of least resistance, right? Right. Where like that might be the roads that might be easier for you to go are the personality traits and different characteristics that you might, if you go with them, it might seem easier to go there. Like maybe even if you're kind of lazy and lackadaisical and don't have all, all kinds of ambitions and things in life, like if maybe if a person just kind of went about doing whatever they were doing, then those paths that these things set out in astrology, they may go there because it's it's, it's already sort path. of carved out. Yeah. Like the least resistance. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that and makes sense, I think. It's like if you're having trouble with it, you can take the low-hanging fruit or you can go mm -hmm. do the opposite and make your life harder. But either way, this is just a little bit of a roadmap. Yeah. And I'd like to take this time now to read from the book called Romantic Poetry. Okay. The, the Angel. I just randomly opened it. This is called... Uh, <laughs> Um, Bibli, well, how do you call it? Bibliomancy. Uh, Bibliomancy, here we go. I dreamt a dream. What can it mean? 
and that I was a maiden queen, guarded by an angel mild. Witless woe was never beguiled, and I wept both night and day, and he wiped my tears away. And I wept both day and night, and hid from him my heart's delight. So he took his wings and fled, then the morn blushed rosy red. I dried my tears and armed my fears with ten thousand shields and spears. Soon my angel came again. I wasn't armed. He came in vain. For the time of youth was fled, and gray hairs were on my head. Hmm. Wow. That sounds wow. like the story of Cupid and his lover. Because you remember he was immortal? And he, she saw wow. him light one time. And Cupid had a lover. Yes, Cupid was Cupid wasn't a chair fat chair baby with wings. He was a grown man with wings. He was Aries, not Aries, Hephaestus and Venus's son. Hmm. And he took a human lover. And he would only come visit her in the dark and lay with her in the dark. And she saw him one day because she had lit a candle to see his face. She he never showed her his face. And she dropped a little bit of hot wax on him by mistake, and he fled. And then when he came back, she was old and gray, but he was like, I still love you anyway. So that's really interesting that you did bibliomancy and pulled up a passage about Venus's only son. Hmm. Well, maybe it was. I don't know. It, it just sounded remarkably close to that story. Maybe. And why can I pull? See, this is the thing. If I was ever to learn a practical skill, other than being able to recall myths and astrology charts, I might be a millionaire by now. You know? Well, you uh, are learning podcasting. Okay, so that's, it may come in handy because I just pull up mythos out of my head. You're like, why do you remember all of these stories? Like, and, and, and maybe a good deal of presentation skills are starting to become part of your uh, repertoire. True. I might make a million yet. I can't count myself out. Well, well, I mean, a billion is such a, you know, a, a paltry amount. I suppose that we go for billions. We go for nine zeros instead of six. Okay, let's go for nine zeros instead of six. I think that'll work pretty damn good. I just like, I'm too modest in goals. I ain't even going to just... I mean, it just allows a lot more access, you know. Yes. And a lot more to actually help the people I want to help. Because I was sold that line that money would turn you evil. And I was like, I don't think money would turn me evil. It would just make me more of who I was. Right. I mean, did you hear we were speaking about that today? Mm-hmm. With uh, Miss Andrea Raquel. My fave. The only person that can chew me out and I won't get mad because she be telling the truth. It does seem to uh, have a knack for that. But it's okay because that's the only one that ain't really... She's not doing it from a maliceful place. Like, a lot of folks try to tell me shit and they're just being malice and mean and just trying to deliberately say some shit. She's just like, no, nah, that ain't how that works. Let's, let's redirect. Cool. Got it. Is maliceful a word? Malice. 
filled with well, malice. Okay, look, I'm not saying that it's not uh, correct. I'm just saying I don't know if it's in the current English lexicon. Oh no! You now you know. As long as you have known me, I will come up with a word or make up a word. It's okay. You get a mm. pass. I'll need a pass from you. I like me. Thank you. Uh, all right. Carry on. <laughs> I would like to know that Mars, Venus, Uranus, and Neptune work together in love and marriage and money. There's an additional piece with Pluto on there because they're the outer planets and they have that generational control or generational movements. It takes them about 200 years to come full cycle. 200 years? Yes. Pluto yeah. takes about 200. I want to say Uranus takes 84 to come to a full circle. Neptune is like 64. It's all cylindrical. Hey, what was that year? Didn't Weren't you talking something before about 1926? Uh-uh, no, no, no. It was ni March 16th, 1962. Flip those around. Okay. That's a generational... That's boomer generation. Most boomers were... What was the sign? Was it, it was either Leo or Gemini, if I'm not mistaken. I got to look back. That's the generational planet. So it's out of moving, slow moving planet. That's why we had a lot of people that became famous out of nowhere. But I like to know that you're so Uranus. Also, I'm sorry, in, in the 60s, though, I mean, wasn't that also a huge boom? Like, So that was like, you know, Beatles. And then, you know, um, a lot of recording stuff and movies started getting really big. Like, wasn't that, you know, when that it's was gone? I think that's, well, I mean, whatever the reason is, it corresponds with, I guess, the astrology and the boomer stuff and people becoming famous. But, yeah, the technology really made it possible. Mm. But the technology, everything is linked to the stars, astronomy, so. Yeah. I might need to look at when Mercury retrograde was during that year. And that may give me a better clue of what I'm supposed to be looking for. Because this is, I'm going to make a bet about this. I owe you dinner if this is just a random implantation from a commercial. But if it comes out valid, I don't know what, I don't know what we're betting for. But it's just like, if it's a random implantation, I owe you dinner. If not, it's like, okay, we'll squash it. But there's something significant about that date. It's either it's somebody's birthday or it's when somebody found a so company. So March 16th, 1962. I remember now because it's the day before what is traditionally St. Patrick's Day. Mm-hmm. Hmm. <clears throat> All right. I got to figure it out. When I figure it out, I'm like, aha! It was around. My mother was around 10 years old then. She was born in 52. My father was born in 41. Hmm. Hmm. The generational points. What generational sign is that? I'm going to say that's Taurus. Indulgent generation. 
living lavishly. I think that was the 40s. I had to go back and look. But I know Taurus about is about material indulgent living, like the age of the calf kind of thing, worshiping idols, yeah, no. But I would like to note that your Uranus is in Scorpio, and it's in the eighth house. Hmm. Um, suggest now, I remember. Hmm? What, what in the eighth house indicates something about money? Because I remember speaking about either your yours or mine in the eighth house. Because eight in numerology is an indicator of power, money, fame. Which, by the way, today that's my uh, day. I'm in a numeral eight day, and I'm speaking to that author, Katya Davidova. I think wonderful things will happen come of that. I'll be able to impart <laughs> power, money, and fame to her and uh, anyone else that I may encounter. I will say this. Uranus in the eighth house creates instability. It changes in shared resources and inheritance. Uranus in this house also suggests very perceptive and intuitive people. Collective resources, businesses, and investments are likely to undergo unexpected changes. This position may mean unexpected inheritance. You have Scorpio in the prime house to inherit money from somebody, and it may not even be from blood family. Somebody is apt to write you in a wheel because Scorpio rules other people's money. So somebody may just leave you something. Yeah, I, th I think just I because they like you. Right. I know you know. That's that intuitive eighth house in Scorpio. So you got eighth. I've house actually house. felt that for a while. Like, I've already kind of intuited that. Mm-hmm. I know you have. Because it's, it's pretty close. You can tell with... I can always tell when somebody has an open house in the eighth house or there's a lot of things going on throughout the eighth house. Now, I'm not quite so lucky in that. I got Scorpio and Pluto in the seventh house. It denotes that I might marry for money. Like I'll come into a wealthy family through marriage, but it's not really like I'm going to get an inheritance. Well, you a lot can always, times, you know, kill your partner and get it for yourself. Uh, see, I can't because I'd already be on the FBI most wanted list for the tarantula concoction oh. that I made. You know, they'll come get me for that. They were like, aha, I told you it was only a matter of time before she killed him, the Black Widow. I'd stay in trouble. Now, I will like to note, in love, Uranus in the eighth house is an, an attraction to unusually sexual relationships or maybe no sex at all. You can be drawn to partners that represent a sexual taboo. That makes mm. sense. Well, didn't you also, wasn't that some, one of the things you also read about? Um, Raquel? Yep. Yeah. We're right there in the same vein. Now, I'm in the ninth house. May meet a partner in unexpected ways while traveling. Partner may practice unconventional lifestyles or religions. I can see that because I love them off the beaten path and looking a little. They'd be like, why do you like him so scruffy looking? I'm like, because he's cute. Hmm. Well, baby caracals are cute too. Man, 
every time I think about that man having a, a random ass care call in his house, I just kind of chuckle to myself. Like he got three big ass cats that could possibly eat him. Oh, that you know, just common house cats will eat you if you die and they go hungry. Oh, I know that much, but I'm just like, uh, uh-uh. uh. Remind me to never come on around there. At least that's what I heard. And it's funny because after that day when I dropped him off and then, um, you know, met their cats, Zane being the big caracol, and that he didn't show up for a while. I didn't see him. And I was like, and he was really drunk that night. And I was like, man, his cat fucking ate it. Right. It bit his face off. He got scared and just lashed out and slit his throat or something. I don't know. Also, just two days before that, remember, the cat almost died. It got, it, it jumped on a table and cut it's it's one of its legs open it was spurting blood everywhere and was bleeding out so and and that was on thursday and i met the cat on a saturday so right okay i hope he's okay oh it is now good i'm really i'm really worried i was really worried like he couldn't even take the cat to the vet because i think they're illegal in the state that y'all are in Took it to it's the only... vet. He, he took it to the vet. He just had to. He cut the tufts out of the air, ears, and um, the vet wouldn't wouldn't touch it except to, to stitch it. They were like, "We're not going in there. We're not taking it out. You're going to hold it and handle it, and we're just going to sew it up." So that's what they, they the compromise they made. Oh, okay. At least they got him healed up. Oh, there is a part about Uranus that is interesting in your chart to me because uranus aspects mercury and it describes you as an individual with a quirky way of doing things hates being told what to do a need for your own space and time for you to think that really sounds like you you brooding super villain you somewhere brooding in the um back cave too high up for everybody else to see that is definitely that, that is so spot on. Hanging with people that have cur calls and wild jungle cats running around their house, and you're just like, okay, well, do 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 do. I'd be yeah. terrified. Now I'm looking at the. The difference between your Uranus and my Uranus. My Uranus is aspected by Neptune. Hmm. Oh no, not Neptune. It is aspected. Who? <laughs> Ascendant. Magnetic personality, bright, unusual relationships can be very erratic or start and end without warning. May prefer to be single. I don't think that's funny because it's very true. Ooh. And it also aspects my midheaven. A disruptive or unconventional childhood can lead to a desire to live alone or difficulty settling down. You need space to breathe and be yourself. I don't like how accurate that is. You Especially how... feel like you need that? 
No, it's the unconventionalness of how I grew up that affects it. It's like dysfunc- being surrounded by dysfunctional relationships and never seeing them work out correctly. You really do feel like you're better off by yourself. Like a lot of times I was like, they, the joke is, you know, you got the super sexual daddy issue girls and then you got the ones that act just like they daddy and will leave you at any given point in time. There's a very distinct distinction between the two. And I tend to lean towards the latter. Like, I will just up and leave. And they're like, how could you do that? And I'm like, eh, I get easily detached. It's like, why do you always threaten to leave? Because I was already with one foot out the door. Why do you like to stay single so long sometimes? I'm just like, because people are weird. And I'm unusual myself. But you see how sometimes astrology can bring up those aspects that just don't seem as comfortable as they should be or I could go against the road that has been set before me and just be single for the rest of my life or I can use the aspects to work through them but it's all just a forecasting system forecasting like I, hmm. we, we discussed this before, so it's very interesting because like a forecast, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that it will come to light. Right. It's only forecasted based on statistics. We had 500 people with the same placement do this thing. You could be the anomaly that goes the opposite way, you know? It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be and do everything by the book. But if you ever get stuck anywhere in life and you don't know where to go, divination Mm. used to be the practice. Yeah. Well, I mean, I do it sometimes. Uh, When I I feel stuck. But but I do it more often than not just because. It's, um, It's quite telling. Well, just because of the first times that I did uh, so when I practiced some type of divination, with especially with numerology, which was I, I was already practicing it and didn't know it about how I was adding up things and summarizing and things like that. So um, yeah, then I was told what it was. The pattern. Yes. Finding the pattern. Ooh. I would like to note the last thing from your chart. I just opened my phone back up and I was looking at the the one that popped up. It's Pluto in Libra in the seventh house. Pluto in the seventh house creates attitudes that lead to deep and complicated relationships. It is likely that their life will be substantially changed by their marriage or other personal relationships. Their partner could be stubborn and may lead to serious conflict. These people will probably have a strongly developed sense of justice. Hmm. Hmm. Wisdom. That's very interesting. 
I remember you were saying yesterday you had a divination horror story about the love of your life. Yep. I didn't just uh, say I had one. It's, uh, it actually exists. Right. I was retelling. It's absolutely the... Unfortunate truth of my reality. But it kind of aligns with the forecast in astrology. Your marriages will significantly impact your life. Yeah. I don't think you I don't think it was gonna turn out like that, but it's right on the money there. Definitely. You know, this uh, this bookstore is a treasure trove of gifts. I'm going to start buying and sending gifts with people. They have a whole section here where in this thing called Book Annex. And there's all these books in focus. And they're really great hardcover books. And the first, the Book Annex ones say $10 on it. And then they have a, cover, a, a white sticker over it that says cheap, $5. And they're just really nice books. I'm looking at this one in Sacred Geometry right now. And it's amazing. Sacred geometry I like because, well, it's geometry. And right. It's math. Who doesn't like math? A lot of people don't. That's why oh, they don't yeah. like. Fucking dummies. <laughs> Stop being rude. <laughs> <laughs> they excel in other things. Cut it out. We got to stop doing the revenge of the nerd shit. I, I have been actively working on not doing the revenge of the nerd shit, even though Ooh. people deserve it. Ooh, a physics book. Um, yes, you know, I, I, I'm somewhat joking. I like how you said somewhat. Yeah, I mean, it got to be got to be real. Mm. I tell you what, though, I am actually been working on that to not fall into that revenge of the nerds bullshit. Oh, yeah. So now look at you. You already just did it. You said the revenge of the nerds bullshit. Man, see, this is why that Virgo Mercury and that Pisces Mercury, we don't get along. Because I've been trying to communicate stuff to you, and here you go with the sword of analysis cutting through whatever I just said. You heard what I said, and you know what I meant. All right. Well, I mean, I do practice the art of the samurai. We know. I hear going upside people's heads. Hmm, well, there's only one of these sacred geometry books. I'm going to hide it behind some other books, lest someone snatch it away. I don't have time to fit it in my backpack today. For five dollars, even it's a steal and any price. Gone once, gone once, gone once, gone twice. Oh, a tarot coloring book. Ooh, that sounds cute. I I thought your ascendant was Virgo. Your ascendant is in Pisces. Maybe maybe it's the opposite time. Maybe I put the timing wrong. Did my mother say I was born in the morning or the afternoon or the evening? She said morning. Oh well, then we got no. Yeah, this is the flip-flop chart. I was like, hold up, because some of the placements are still correct, but some of them are not. I was like, how is he a Pisces ascending? I thought he was triple Virgo. 
All right. So do you want me to do it again? Yes. And send it here. I mean, because there are some things that we have been talking about that may make more sense uh, if, uh, you know, we flip it around. Like it, flip right. it, rub it down. Oh, do me better. You can call me crazy. I do right, remember so, your moon being in the same place and Mercury being in the same place. Yeah, there's a, uh, I mean, I suppose there would be some things in the same place because it's, you know, the same birth, it's the day, right? The right. Day, the day and the month, so. <clears throat> so let's check it out. I'm going to go ahead and see what happens when I, uh, when I reverse or at least change the, the AM to the PM. Well, the PM to the AM, right? Yes, the PM yeah. to the AM. I had it right the first time. My intuition had it. My intuition had it right the first time, and I changed it like one right before I sent it to you. I don't know why I did that. Maybe it was to just I disrupt like this whole this whole call. Right. I would like to note that this man called his mom live on Wisdom, had a full conversation, and asked her his birth time so he could give me an appropriate chart. It was like six a.m. and she she was up. Yeah, well, she's an older woman. So let's see this chart in reverse. Mm. <clears throat> well, fortunately, so oh, just so you know, a uh, ten-minute uh, warning. Oh, yeah. To be getting on the phone with Miss Katya Davidova, who's partially the okay. inspiration for Joy and playing, I mean, for my my uh, world reading club. Okay, what's that? Would you see something different now? That you're looking at the, the, the corrected mm -hmm. chart? Now it makes a lot more sense. Okay. Ascendant in Virgo. Right, because there's now been a triple Virgo, right? Mm-hmm. So, so when, sun, when the one I gave you before was only double, huh? Right. It's sun rising. You should have known that. Man, and Mercury. Mercury is still in its correct place, and the moon is still in its correct place. Your moon is trying Venus, but it's in Scorpio. And moon in the second house is... Hell's changes in financial affairs. Money and material matters are important for these people because their sense of emotional security is dependent on them. For these reasons, they are cunning and greedy. Their emotional satisfaction is dependent on material comfort. Financial difficulties create emotional insecurities, which can have strong impacts on their household. Yeah, now that was, now I remember that because that's very true of me too. Yeah, yeah, I was like, something's not lining up correctly. And if I go back to the book I was reading, because it that one's a generalized, but when it comes to money by houses and your house, your money is aspected, your Venus sign is aspected by, and this is a very specific one, it's the moon is square to Venus, so there's a different... Mm. Venus expected by the moon 
with you having a square, it may be the the opposite. You may abstain from this, but you can't resist luxury. You adore giving presents, and you can be quite yeah. materialistic. Yes, absolutely. And then it's trying Mars. Possessions can spark strong feelings. Money can cause partnership, partnership rifts. And in conjunction with Uranus. Attitude to money can be erratic. You like money for the freedom it can bring. I have heard you say that. Yeah, I say it all the time. It's very true. Because I just want, I want to have access to things just so I can do what I want to do without being restricted by the fools of the world. And if I if I could, I would do the opposite. I would I would be so anathema to the Zeitgeist movement, which you know Peter Joseph mocks that you know people who have lots of wealth basically want to have like half of Africa as their backyard. Yes, that's me. Mm. Stay away from me. <laughs> And then you have Pluto aspecting Venus and Mars. Finances can trigger angry outbursts. You will work hard for material gain. Money or emotions can be used as power. Can do well in the stock market. So that's lining more up from where I know you. I knew something was different about that chart. It didn't seem... Well, the first indication the should have been that there were only two Virgos and not three. Right. But I, but I wouldn't know that. I, don't, I mean, I wouldn't even know where to look at that. I don't know what that looks like. I'm still confused. Look, I'm looking at it right now. Let me take a look at this. Let's see. Okay, so I, so Virgo, I know what it looks like now. Um, so so the, all this stuff is on the, the, the left-hand side. Oh, yes, yes, I'm a left-hand path. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. So it lines up with numerology as well, doesn't it? Um, oh, wow. Those, they're, they're right next to each other, the three Virgos. Wait, no, those are not Virgos. Those are something else. That is Virgo. Triple Virgo lined up together. Is it the so one that, son... that's 19 degrees, 7 degrees, and 44 degrees right there? Mm-hmm. That's Virgo. That, oh, that's interesting. Look at that. 9, 17, 17. You know, that's my birth date. At nine degrees and seventeen degrees, September seventeenth. That's also very interesting to me. They line up together. You got a lot of doubles, and they're right there together. Yeah. Um, what is that? Yeah, I don't know what that one is. The thirteen and sixteen, right there, doubling up, and then above there. That's Libra. A, Libra, and then look at the forty-three and forty-six. Yes, Scorpio. But what is that right below it? I thought that was Virgo. What is that one? At 34 degrees. 34 degrees. So you see the two that I have 43 and 46 up in. uh, So which one of those M looking ones is the Virgo? Is it the blue one down at the the bottom? The blue one is Virgo. The one that you're talking about is Scorpio. And then the swirl you're looking at, that is Leo. The red one. At yes, forty-three okay. and forty-six. That's All right, Leo. So, okay, and and so and thirty-four is Leo. Mhm. Okay. All right. Okay. Now, now I got. You catch on to the looks. 
the six and uh, the, the 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 yin yang one is is is, is, is a Gemini. No, 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 that's not Gemini. What is that? Uh, cancer. Cancer. Mm-hmm. All right, and then and then the one that looks like a Roman numeral two, that would be a Gemini. Yep. Okay, and then okay, now I see. Okay, look at this, because if I go pre-session, oh snap! I think I'm starting to know one. There's Taurus, then Aries, mm-hmm. then yep. Pisces, and then Aquarius. Yep. Okay, good, good, good. So now, all right, I guess I could, I guess I could roll with that. I'm gonna screenshot this so I can have reference later and figure this out. All right. <clears throat> Very, very interesting. So now you're starting to get a gist of how doubled up your signs are in your chart. You have a complete left-hand chart. Yes. I like it. All right. Well, um, we must uh, reconvene. Give Yes, because you have an important phone call to make today. Yeah, well, she said she's going to call me, so. Right. I still want to give you a buffer of time to be ready. And I think we're probably going to end off right here. This is your favorite Silly Goose, Cicely Marie Goose, Silly Goose Media, along with my Amazing moderator, Hakeem Ali Bokus, a.k.a. Mr. Unique Equilibrium. And we are signing out for the evening. You guys have a wonderful day.